0: So today we're going to continue on uh, in our series in the book of Ephesians... Uh, Today is a a great way in which we see God engaging with us as Christians. Remember the the story that we look at today, the letter that Paul writes, is written to Gentile Christians. It's written to people who are maybe a little bit on on the outskirts of the church. They weren't with the Jewish people. They were people that sometimes were looked down upon. But Paul comes to them and shares with them a very specific letter about how God wants to be able to engage with them. And this wasn't a letter that was just written for that church in Ephesus, and it wasn't even a letter that was just written for the churches that surrounded it, but it's a letter that really is written to you and I as Christians today, to be able to know about the love that God has given to us. Let me tell you, it is easy, it is easy to look out on our world and focus on all the bad things, at least in our mind, that are going on, that are happening. It's easy for us to to look around and become depressed or filled with anxiety or filled with struggles because of things that are going on in our life. You know, all of those things are real. I won't tell you that they're not. I won't tell you just to forget about them or get rid of them and they'll just disappear. But I also will tell you today that I want you to focus on the good things as well sometimes we're pessimistic in our attitude, and we let those negative things overshadow all the the great things that we have. Let me tell you, everybody here today, we are so blessed to be a part of God's family, and that's what Paul lifts up for us today. He wants us to know exactly How blessed we truly are. And in fact, the section of scripture we look at today that Chris read for us is a prayer that Paul gives to God because he is so excited about the unification that we have together with Christians, our brothers and sisters around us, and the love that we have with God. Let's look at that again today, just to hear those words that Paul shares with us. He goes to God on our behalf and he shares these words. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Um, When Paul comes today and he says that word, uh, I kneel, I kneel before God, typically uh, most people when they prayed during Paul's time would stand up and have their arms up and they would be praying to God. Sometimes people would get down on on their face and they would pray to God. Today we see Paul get down on his knees in this sign of of humility and of reverence and of respect, being able to just praise God for what he gives to us. Notice what Paul highlights in this first piece of his prayer, that we are a part of the family of God. Pastor Mark talked a little bit about that last week, about how God wants to be able to draw near to us. And when God draws near to us, He wants to be able to show us exactly what it means to be a part of his family, to actually be a part of his love. Have you ever seen the the DNA test that you can get by mail? Here's an example of like the 23 and me. You just order this kit. It comes to your house. uh, You take a little swab of your cheek, put it back in, send it off. In about three to four weeks, you get results back that's specifically about you. It may be something that you maybe are prone to be allergic to. It may be uh, some ideas about possibly where some of your, your family has come from, where some of the heritage is. And sometimes people even discover different relatives that they have that they didn't know existed through some of these tests as they are united together. Sometimes people discover parents that they have because they were, they were adopted and they didn't know who their birth parents were and they are engaged to them and these families are, are united again. Today when, when God speaks to us in this text, when Paul is lifting up this prayer to God, both of them want you to know so much about the family that you are a part of. The Gentiles, some of them maybe had questions about that. Am I really a part of the family of God? What does that mean? Maybe sometimes we question too. Am I really a part of, of God's family? Does he, really, does he really care for me, is that father in heaven? And Paul says, you better believe it. You better believe it and not only just know it, but you need to live like that too. You need to live like you are a part of the family of God. So what does that mean when you recognize that? That God has drawn near to you, that he loves you, that you are a part of his family? Well, Paul continues on in his, his prayer And he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. This is what it means to be a part of the family of God. You get all the best stuff. You get his his riches, his strength, his glory. God doesn't give to you from his leftovers God doesn't give to you because he, he's have to, he has to or because he, he's forced to. He gives to you and wants you as a part of his family, again, because he loves you so much. This is something that, that he wants in your life, to be able to recognize this and to be able to give you strength. Uh, in the Greek, that word strength, that strength there means to, to be made mighty. He wants to make you mighty. And once you know this, I hope you live a life as somebody who is mighty in the Lord somebody who wants to be able to share who he is, somebody who doesn't focus on those bad things that pour into our lives, and they do, and they will, but that we focus on the God who has triumphed over all of them and wants to live here with us. Look at the last piece of that that passage. When Paul says that he wants Christ to dwell in our hearts, that that really stood out to me. Uh, That's one of my favorite magazines I like to read. It's called Dwell. It's just a magazine about modern architecture. That's all that it is. All modern architecture. If you want good ideas for modern architecture, pick up this magazine. Bathrooms, family rooms, living rooms, garages, outdoor areas, you name it. It's all about all these beautiful places. And I like it because it always draws me me in. I see the cleanliness. I, I see the warmth. I see a place that that I want to be. When Paul says that Christ wants to dwell within our hearts, it's the same thing. He wants to be able to be a part of us, to be able to live with us in an environment that's, that's pure, that's warm, that's a thing that other people want to be a part of. And so Paul prays for that today. And I hope God dwells in your heart. And not on Sundays, just for an hour, or maybe just on the weekdays, but every day of your life, that God is constantly dwelling in us, that he's constantly with us, that he's strengthening us. Paul goes on, he says, And I continue to pray for you, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in this love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. I love those descriptors at the end there. If you ever went and saw the, the Grand Canyon, maybe some of us would say, wow, that is, that is deep. Or maybe some of us would say, wow, that is, that is wide. But Paul says, I have something to tell you today that's, that's more amazing than any of those things. That it's deeper, that it's wider, that it's longer, that it's higher than any canyon you'll ever see than space itself and this element is the love of Christ it has no boundaries it has no end it's always going to be there for you and you know what once you recognize that you are a part of this family once you recognize what God's love means he says I hope you are rooted in it I hope you are rooted in this wide deep long high love of Christ are we I hope most of us here today would say yes. What does that root look like? Living here in Arizona, I assume most of us have seen one of these before, right? What is this? Yeah, it's a tumbleweed. So typically, tumbleweeds are formed just as this thistle bush nothing really exciting to be able to look at. They have the shortest root system you've ever seen. It's usually one root that just goes a few inches into the ground. We get a storm like we had with the past couple days. The ground gets saturated. Then the wind blows. You know what happens. It pulls that thing right up. It dies. It dries up. And then it just blows wherever the wind takes it. On the other hand, uh, anybody know the, the state tree for California? Anybody? Yeah, that's right. So it's, it's a sequoia. The redwood. It, either answer is the same thing. Sequoia tree. The great sequoia, the redwood. Uh, very different than a, a tumbleweed. These things grow to be about 350 feet tall. Think about that. It's like over a 30, maybe a 35-story building. Their root system, although it goes multiple feet into the ground, the, the most amazing thing about it is how wide it is. They, they branch out a really long distance, and they actually connect with the trees that are around them. And so it's really rare that you'll ever see the wind blow one of these trees down, because they're so engaged and so held up by one another. Which one would you say represents your faith best today? Paul says that we are to be rooted in God. All of us are rooted in God's love, but what does that root look like? Is it a root that's, that's shallow, that when the winds of temptation or sin blow upon our lives, that it breaks us up until we just tumble and go where the wind carries us? Or is it like that gigantic sequoia, like those, those redwoods, that it goes deep into the ground? In fact, it's connected together with the other trees that it's around, right? One of the biggest things that we can do for each other as Christians to be able to support each other. So when those winds blow, when those storms come, that's really when we need one another. And to tell you the truth, that's one of the big pushes Pastor Mark and I have for coming up this fall, that if you are not a part of a a life group, we want to start some new life groups or get you in part of an existing life group. Because when things happen and we're there to be able to support each other, it makes a big, big difference being connected with one another, and most importantly, being connected with our Lord. Jump with me to our gospel text real quick. Did you hear the story? It's right after the feeding of the 5,000. Uh, the disciples get into a boat by themselves, and Jesus says he's going to go ahead of them, and they get caught in this horrible storm. The wind is just, just blowing upon them at a, at a horrific rate, and they don't know what to do. They're just stuck there. And Jesus actually takes care of this situation. But I love love how he does it. Look at that scripture with me again today. It says that Jesus saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. I love that Jesus sees his disciples where they're at in this Curious situation, these winds that are blowing onto them, and he goes out to them. He goes out to be able to see them. Do you know what those winds are like? It's probably different for each of us in our life, but do you know what they're like? Because they go a couple of different ways, both positive and, and negative at times. My wife and I really like to go stand up paddle boarding, and there's a place up north in Prescott that we love to go to. Uh, I would totally encourage anybody just to get out and enjoy God's creation doing this, super fun. Word of advice, uh, if you're going as a couple, make sure you have two paddle boards, not one. That is a recipe for divorce. So two <laughs> paddle boards, one per person, it's way easier. It's, it's super fun, then. There's a lake that we go to that when you get out and you start paddling, the breeze is usually at your back and it, it kind of pushes you toward the back of the, the, the lake. And you go through all the little canyons and you see the beautiful rock formations and it's it's super. Then at the end of the day when you turn around and come back, even this this small breeze, when you're standing up on that board and you're digging down with your oar, there's days that I look toward the shore and it looks like I'm going nowhere. Like I'm just putting forth so much effort and nothing is happening. Have you ever been in that situation before? it feels like whatever that thing is just pushing down upon you, like you're, you're trying to dig out of it as hard as you can, and it feels like you're going nowhere. Maybe worse yet, it feels like you're going backwards at times. I know you have to f- know what this feels like. Our world knows what it feels like. Just this week, uh, a guy driving by on the street came in and sat down with me. It was just, he was so broken up about his life and how it was going, everything that he was up against. And he he just, he just felt so, so lost. Just to have a moment to sit with him and just to pray with him, I think it did change things. And we have that opportunity too for people who are around us to be able to share with them, to be those roots with them, to be able to lift them up when they need that. Because that's what Jesus did for me and for you. When he sees those disciples out in that boat, He could have just left them there, but it says he goes out to them. And he doesn't just go out to them, but he he takes care of the situation. Remember in our text it says, immediately he spoke to them and he said, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Hear those words from God today with whatever you're struggling with. Whatever your son's struggling with. Whatever financial battle you're up against the anxiety that you're hitting, that physical pain that won't go away, as God stands with us today and he says those words, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Jesus could have stood at a a distance and said, you know what, Uh, let's make sure the lake is nice and smooth now and let the guys just row off and find, they didn't even need to know that God was the one to do anything about it. But instead he actually he goes out there with them. And in the verse that we have here it says then he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down and they were completely amazed. Jesus didn't have to go into the boat. He didn't have to go out to them. He could have done anything that he wanted to. But that's our story too. Jesus didn't have to come to this earth. Jesus didn't have to become man. Jesus didn't have to give his, his life for ours. Jesus didn't have to get into the boat with us, but he does. He takes all that cargo of sin upon his own shoulders. He sends us the lifeboat of salvation, and he goes down with that ship, taking everything upon himself so that we can have his love, so that we can be engaged and we can share this gift with others. When the disciples see this, they are amazed. When Paul knows this story and the love of God and he prays today, he is is amazed. And today when you read this letter and when you see this gospel and when these two things are put together and you know the love of God, that you know that you are a part of his family, no matter what you face today, I hope you too are amazed. Let's pray. Now to him who is able to do more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen.